You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From Los Angeles, California, and Maria Menounos, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Spotlight On is a long-form interview series featuring actors and TV personalities. And now, from the world's number one TV after-show platform, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Hey there, AfterBuzzers. Welcome to a very special edition of Spotlight On. My name is Matt Lieberman, and joining me today is the very lovely and talented Machen Amick. Uh, am I pronouncing the last name Long correct? Long A is Machen Amick. Machen Amick. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you're one of the stars of Witches of East End, currently uh, coming on to its second season on Lifetime, uh, and that premieres on July 6th. Yeah. Uh, so it's coming up this Sunday. Sunday. Oh, man. So We're at 9 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock now. Okay. So uh, that's interesting because all of the uh, all the promotional materials for this season make it look way darker. But yet you're coming forward an hour. I think, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to tune in to a 10 o'clock. Okay. So I think they wanted to make it a little more accessible. Yeah. But we're still as naughty as ever. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Hey, no one is saying that you're cutting back on the naughtiness. Okay, especially not with Wendy. That's true. Well, I mean, let's talk about Wendy. So she's on her last life. Yeah. Um, and now her sister is is definitely not as strong as she used to be following the event, the events of the finale. Yeah. Um, where is Wendy right now emotionally coming into season two? She's coming to terms with being on her last life, which is very foreign to her because she's been very flippant about life after life after life. Like, whatever. Yeah, I got eaten by a crocodile. No big deal. Mm -hmm. And now she's on her last life. So everything has more stakes for her. You know, when she has a relationship with a very cute guy, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit more at stake. Every time she puts herself in danger for her family, it could be very well her last life. Absolutely. Um, can you tell me anything about Frederick? He came through the portal yep. uh, at the end of last season, and obviously he's going to be stirring up trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Wendy had a very soft spot for her nephew, Frederick, mm-hmm. and he is uh, Freya, Jenna Dewan Tatum's character's twin. Um, but he's come through the portal. And, um, you know, as much as Wendy was like, I miss him, I love him. Now she's the one that's like, wait a minute, something doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. And Joanna, you know, having her motherly love is like, no, 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 everything's good. It's fine. Let's believe everything he says. Right. And Wendy's like, yeah, I don't know. It's not adding up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's he's been gone for a long time. Now he's suddenly here. Yeah. There's no way that we can trust him. There's a lot of things that just don't seem to add up. Okay. So how is she feeling about her nieces right now? Obviously, things are going to get a lot more intense for everybody yeah. um, now that Joanna um, is kind of is we- weakened. definitely Weakened and sentimental, and mm-hmm. we have to find a way to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Wendy's last life is a little bit at the, uh, the back of every, all the other Beauchamp troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, Ingrid keeps going missing at night. Yeah. She's sleepwalking, and we don't know why, mm-hmm. but it's happened ever since the portal opened. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then um, Freya is still dealing with her love triangle and wondering what happened to Killian, mm-hmm. who's mysteriously gone missing, and we know from the season ending, you know, 
of season one that Dash had something to do with possibly his death. Okay. Well, I mean, possibly, possibly, possibly he's dead, but potentially he might be a little too hot to get rid of. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to see him back. We can't. Well, that's the thing with a love triangle. Once it's over, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, you got to keep that triangle going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are you most excited for people to see this year? Um, to see the characters continuing to progress. To, mm-hmm. We have, you know, last year we had Virginia Madsen that played a really great arch enemy. Yes. She's gone now. And now the new arch enemy is way bigger, way stronger. How How so? How is, how is she going to shake things up? Well, now we have an arch enemy that's coming over from Asgard. Right. Where we're from. Right. And there's a, there's a lot about the family history that's going to come to the forefront. Are we going to see Asgard this season? We're going to see – we're going to flash back and we're going to see the witches come through from Asgard okay. to our now sort of earthly, worldly realm in the 1600s. Okay. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. I love – I was just kind of like poking around on Twitter and I love some of the social media stuff that the fans have come up with. Um, I, I saw a poster that was like, keep calm and trust Aunt Wendy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like the, the fans have kind of latched on to you because your character is ultimately the most fun. She's fun. Yeah. She's fun and she turns into a cat. And to mm-hmm. be honest, I have been completely and totally absent mm-hmm. of social media until – until the uh, show. Which is until the show. They asked me, they were like, you know, would you be willing to do social media? I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. nope. And then it kind of got to a point where I was like, right after the first episode, I was like, I guess maybe I'll dip my little toe into social media. And how does it feel? As at Wendy. It's it's warm. Yeah. It's warm and inviting. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interacting a little bit more than what I was comfortable with before. Absolutely. Well, that's that's kind of like what's what's been happening with me and my other gig. I'm like I'm a host on YouTube. Yeah. And now all of a sudden people just want to they want to interact with you. They want to get to know you better. They want to let you know how much your work is, you know, affecting them. It's fu- it is really fun to have interaction with the fans mm-hmm. and know that what you're doing, how it's affecting them. Kind of an instant gratification, you know, like I did come from the theater and you knew right then and there if you bombed or if you you succeeded. And so it's a little bit in a strange, weird roundabout mm-hmm. way in kind of in that same vein. Yeah. And it's got to be very interesting to have that fan interaction, you know, after being in the business for as long as you have, you know, like if there had been Twitter around in, in 94, or during, you know, during, during Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks, it would have just been an explosion. Oh, yeah. That would have been scary. Yeah. It was intense just for the time being, and that was way before social media. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I wasn't really, like, of Twin Peaks You weren't even age. born yet, I was you? born. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was, like, six. Exactly. But I was born. Barely, barely a human at uh, six. I've been going through it now on, on Netflix, and I'm having a great time. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a reunion coming up uh, for Twin Peaks. Uh to publicize the the re-release of uh, of the series Firewalk with Me and potentially some new footage. Yeah, uh, all kind like what what kind of footage can we expect to see? David tells me like probably a good two hours of just footage that went to the oh cutting room floor. Yeah, I'm a little afraid. I don't know. Really, you don't know what you don't, don't remember know. scenes don't that know. got cut. No, and I'm sure there was a lot of bad stuff that I did. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm sure there wasn't. But I mean, like that was your first. That was your first major job. And I know yeah. in previous interviews, you've credited working with David Lynch um, to kind of how you found your process yeah. as an actress. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. I mean, basically, it was it was the first big main thing I did. Mm-hmm. And I was just over a year in Hollywood coming from Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And just being lucky enough to have had that be my first experience, it really did mold where I went from there. Mm-hmm. And I was shown right away that how creative you could be and how successful you could be. And then I went into the real Hollywood, mm-hmm. which was cutting corners and good enough and that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I've actually seen it. Like, I've seen it work. So I went a different path because of it. I I credit and blame David Lynch mm-hmm. for that. Um, I turned on a lot of sort of, you know, big box office things where I would just be sort of the cute girl on the guy's arm. Right. And I went Who and wants did... to be a prop? Who wants to be that cute thing yeah. on the guy's arm? I mean, some people do, but you'd some rather do. but you'd rather get a part that you can sink your teeth into. Yeah. You know. So yeah. like tell me about when you're playing a character like Wendy, how do you get into her into her empathy. I mean, she's kind of wild. She's lived for a long time. What do you draw on to make that feel real to you? You know, I think with Wendy, pretty much anything can go, but the thing that always grounds her is her love for her family. Mm -hmm. So she can have the most ridiculous lines in in the most inappropriate times. Yeah. But as long as it's always grounded in, you know... um, honoring her sister or protecting her nieces, mm-hmm. then she'll always stay grounded enough. Yeah. How is uh, how is their, her relationship with Joanna going to evolve this year? I, last year, we obviously, we learned a lot about what happened back in 1906. Right. Um, she was kicked out of the family for a hundred years. A hundred years. That's, that's, that's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to process. And, and it really wasn't her fault. Yeah. Yeah, she killed her daughter, but... She jumped in the way. Yeah. I'm it, sorry. Listen. If when you see a big round metal ball hurling at you, do you mm-hmm. jump in the way? I personally don't. No. No. You jump out of the way. It's not Wendy's fault. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's, they still, I feel like, have some ground to cover in terms of trust and in terms, like, are we still going to get any more lingering resentment coming out from that? Well, that protracted absence. Joanna is fighting for her life, mm-hmm. and through all of their hundreds and hundreds of years they've been alive, Joanna is always the bigger sister. Yeah, she's always teaching Wendy um, lessons and keeping her accountable. And in this new series, because Joanna is so weakened, Wendy has to kind of take on the more adult role within mm-hmm. that relationship, which is new a new experience for Wendy. But, you know, because of her love for her sister, she'll do it. Yeah. And I have to imagine that we're going to see some decisions that maybe Joanna wouldn't make as maybe. head of the family. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. Now, another thing you've got coming up. So you've got actually a big week coming up. I do. Because you've got Witches uh, premiering on July 6th on yeah. Sunday. And then Monday night, you're popping up on Longmire. Yes. Um, which you were you were in last year. And now, and now you're popping up again. Can you tell us what's going on with your character? I am Lou Diamond Phillips, very, very naughty past and present. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Dina is uh, a character that he just can't help but keep going back to and she can't help but keep going back to him. But she is a loan sharking, pool playing mess. So you, obviously. <laughs> me. Yes. <laughs> they wrote it after me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I come back and I'm a pretty big piece to Lou Diamond Phillips' um, troubles in this season. Okay. And he confronts me and he realizes – he puts two and two together. He's been in prison. Mm-hmm. And it ends up that Dina had a, quite a lot to do with that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. But so Monday night, A&E at t- 9 or 10, something yeah. like that. Uh, are, you, are you popping up? Is it just the one or are you going to be back this season? It's just the one for this season. They shot it out of sequence because I was starting Witches. And mm-hmm. so there was kind of a uh, – an important little story arc that needed to happen. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm sure fans are going to be really glad to see you back. But she's not dead, so she's she'll be back. She's not dead, so there's always she'll be back. fingers. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, okay, so you've, you've got you know these roles going on. You've got Twin Peaks coming up uh, at the end of the month. Um, but you're also you're also a mom. Yes. Um, you, you've been married for a long time. You've got two daughters in college. Daughter and son. Daughter and son yes. in college. He's just turning 22. He's just turning 22. And my daughter is almost turning 21. It's ridiculous. I don't know how it happened. Now, so what are, are either of them about to enter the family business? Are either of them performers? <sighs> Probably. Oh, my daughter is a really talented singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's listening to mom and dad, and she's getting a good education, so she's going to Cornell. Good. Yeah, starting her senior year at Cornell. That's great. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you had a different experience. You moved out to L.A. from Reno when you were 16. Yeah. What what prompted that decision? What pushed you to move out here so young? I think, you know, I, I turned 30 when I was 10. Okay. You know, so I was, I, was, uh, I was a wise little child and I just knew what I wanted to do and I really felt like I needed to get a jump on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I so sort it was of the was, pragmatic thing to do. It was the pragmatic thing to do. I had to get going. I was under the impression that I heard a lot of people doing is like, you have to start young in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't agree with that at all. But at the time, I was like, yeah, I need to start. So I, I went to my parents with a very thought out plan and negotiation. And I said, I'll continue my education. I took courses from Hollywood High, but I want to be able to audition and start trying to get work. So did they did they move out with you or was no, it just? I went on my own. Tell me about those first two years. What was that? What was that like? I mean, you, you were living on your own. I was living on my own. What part of town? Hollywood. Hollywood. Isn't that where you go? I. It's, <laughs> it's where. I mean, it's where you're supposed to go. It's right? where you're supposed to go. What was Maybe the, what another was the thing first, not recommended? <laughs> what was the first apartment like? Can you remember? I it? rented a room from an acting couple. Okay. And they ran a cold reading class, a commercial class. Um, right near, like, um, what is it, CBS Radford. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of the pragmatic thing, like, I'll rent a room, it'll be safe, they'll give me good, you know, advice. Um, and then I was going to move out on my own, and, and that's when I looked at this apartment building across the street, and that's when I met this really, really good-looking guy mm-hmm. who was... Uh, producing a record, and I well, I have a musician as a dad, so it felt very familiar. And, you know, got to know him and fell in love, but I had no, like, I was so career-driven, there was no dating in my sights, but I just met him and fell in love. 27 years later, we're still together. So how do you keep that, how do you keep that going? Obviously, between your respective success, 
um, and and being an actress in Hollywood for so long, there's so much. I know I have problems. It's, it's true. Just because like every everybody's kind of trying to balance career and family life. How are you able to do it? What do you? What is the? What is the secret? Is there um, one? Well, I think it's really having respect for the other the other person and mm. what they're wanting to do and what their career is. For the first, oh, good, you know, ten years, it was like, okay, so you're recording an album. I won't work. Yeah. All right, I'm doing a movie. You won't work. That kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, it just got to a point we had kids and we wanted to give them stability and not traveling around to everywhere around the world. And so he just decided that he wanted to sort of quit the business, what Mm -hmm. he was doing. And he went into coaching and training, which he has an athletic background. So it kind of made sense. And we just try to give the kids the most, um, you know, basic, solid foundation that we could. Yeah. While I continue to travel and work. So it's really, I think, respecting the other ones, uh, you know, what they're wanting to do. What, yeah. what, what giving, makes them... Giving their career some space to yeah. grow. Yeah. Not yeah. being too self-centered the way we tend to be in Hollywood. Yeah. That is that is the hard part. It's hard. Yeah. Um so tell me about tell me about Twin Peaks. Like, what was the first audition? How old were you? What was going on right then? I was seventeen. I had been doing all kinds of uh, auditions, you know, in mm-hmm. Hollywood, basically, and I I just kept coming across and auditioning for Joanna Ray, yeah, who's David Lynch's casting director, and. Um, she just kind of got to a point where I think you need to meet David. And that doesn't happen very often. She kind of, you know, she brings a certain amount of people to him. Right. And um, I didn't know this literally until our 20th anniversary when we released a DVD um, that uh, Mark Frost and David Lynch actually wrote Shelley Johnson for me. I didn't remember that. Wow. I knew that I auditioned for Lara Flynn Boyle's part. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of offered me this other role. But I didn't know that that actually went on behind the scenes. So, so they just – they knew that they had to keep you. They they felt guess, that you weren't they necessarily – just came up with something, yeah. I didn't fit into, I think, what they had originally written. So they wrote something a little bit different. Yeah. And it That's definitely worked an out. Honor. It yeah, worked out. Absolutely. Um, so is that is that the, your favorite thing that you've ever done or – Yeah, I have to say. Yeah. It's – I mean – you can't get much better than Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's true. And it's it's a cultural icon. It's a landmark. It is. And I'm so proud when people come up to me and say, I'm sorry, but can you talk about Twin Peaks? I'm like, I'm so proud to talk about it. It's not a burden at all. Mm-hmm. And just I just was involved in a um, – USC did – taught this whole series. I think it was like a 12-week series, but they studied Twin Peaks mm-hmm. to the film students. And so they brought everyone down as a panel here and there. And I'm proud to be a part of that because we really did change television. Absolutely. I don't think that we would necessarily be in the boom that we're in now, this very creator-driven uh, series development, yeah. if it hadn't been for that. I think that was the first, like, really dramatic departure from, you know, series television as it was. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I have to do this because I'm a huge Damages nerd. Yes. Um, that's, like, one of my favorite I'm shows so of all time. I'm excited to be a part of that, too, I by the way. I love Damages. Yeah. Um, so I, I just... Can you tell me anything about working on the third season, about working with the Kesslers? Well, I don't know if I'm going to, like, you know, pop the bubble of what you think it might be. (laughs) No, it's amazing. Yeah. But I have to be honest. 
sometimes you show up for work mm-hmm. with no pages, with no script. Really? And you just show up at a location. You have no idea why you're there, what you're doing. You know, a costume has been put in your trailer. And you go on to rehearse and there's pages that have just been faxed. So there's a certain amount of secrecy that goes to that and mm-hmm. a certain amount of like – I don't know. So a lot of so, times, you know, you're did just you like, ever know for sure? Was it like because that's a ridiculous amount of secrecy for people who are on the show, or were they yeah. just frantically rewriting? As <laughs> they may, like, may have been completely rewriting it. No, but it was that's sort of the genius of it. I think is yeah. that they they knew what they were wanting to tell, um, and sometimes it was like they didn't want to necessarily let it out, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes there's just like last minute sort of rewrites, and you just go for it and you don't totally know you know you're involved in something special but you kind of don't know where you fit into it it's not popping my bubble it's honestly just increasing like it work, yeah it's better. making it even shinier in my head because i'm like oh my god they love the mystery so much they yeah. did it to their cast yes which is insane as it's an actor because how do you prepare but at the same time i feel like so much of that show is based around tension and not necessarily knowing what's going on, that that kind of lends itself. Yeah, you know, but there are some actors that need more time to prepare, so mm-hmm. it's kind of challenging for them. But I, it's, you know, at that point, like I've been in the business good 20-ish yeah. years, years, and I've been yeah. thrown stuff so last second, so last minute rewrites that I was like, cool, bring it on. Done. All right, let me figure it out. Yeah. If we figure it out while we're filming, we just figure it out. Mm-hmm. What's something that you would say to uh, a young Majin or someone like you who came out, who's coming out to LA now, who yeah. wants to be who wants to be an actress? That you ha- do not feel that it's an overnight success. Mm-hmm. All of those stories of people being discovered overnight, the Marilyn Monroe's, it, it's years and years and years of trying and preparation mm-hmm. and being in the right situation. Um, so if you're really serious about doing it, great, go for it, but no, it's going to take a while and you got to be, you got to be into it for the long haul. I always like compare it to being on like a ship out at sea Mm -hmm. and you're going through the really like harsh storm and waves. Whoever's able to hang on to the bow the longest Mm -hmm. is who makes it. (laughs) Absolutely. It's just hanging around for as long as you possibly can. Do you have a favorite scene that you've ever shot? Um, I did a great movie with James Spader, mm-hmm. uh, called Dream Lover, and there was a lot of really fun stuff in there. My character was pretty twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, there was one in particular where I've basically sent him to an insane, insane asylum mm-hmm. and I go to visit him and he comes up to me and he says something like, you know, you're crazy. You haven't figured it out. And I basically say to him, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. (laughs) I probably am crazy. But this is how it's going to go down. And it was just a really great, I think, um, kind of climactic moment between the two characters. And it was just sort of a – by the way, there's a lot of men that come up to me as fans that say, you ruined me with women forever. Oh, no. You are what we fear. Because they always... Oh, because they, they were afraid of it, not because that's they what they wanted. No, completely and totally afraid of my character in that in that movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I want to talk about this because we were talking about it before the interview. So right before you came, yes. you were doing an interview with a Chinese outlet. I did a junket with, with Chinese television. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, Witches is premiering over there this summer. Yeah, well, they've already premiered their the season one, okay. and they're simultaneously premiering the second season with our second season, which is pretty amazing. That is amazing. And, um, yeah, they have lots of good, fun stuff to do. Yeah, so they, you're talking <laughs> about the show, and they're like, you, you're pretty musical, and they bring out a guitar. A guitar, and they, and they start playing a theme song to a show over there about witches, yeah. which I guess is a very legendary story, which I didn't very know. Very popular show. And they get me to sing along to a song that I don't <laughs> know at all whatsoever. Then the next uh, host had me do a Chase Crawford trivia game okay because i did gossip girl and right. i played his love interest in that and so they had you know pieces of paper over two different men mm-hmm. and i had to choose what one was him and i chose it every time right it was like a good well i mean if you're his love interest choices. you you know i know the ears mm-hmm. i know the hair mm-hmm. i know the chin yeah. you can't really throw well also you one. can't forget chase crawford's <laughs> chin if you've been within a mile radius right? i've yeah. sucked Chase Crawford's chin. Mm-hmm. I can't forget that. That's true. Right? Yeah. Once you've sucked a chin, you remember it you forever. You remember it forever. <laughs> um, and then there was another, what was the other trivia? Um, oh, it was something like, you know, give your fans um, trivia questions that they have to answer in order to win mm-hmm. your signed, you know, okay. picture. So it was different stuff. Like, well, what uh, era did the witches come through from Asgard? Right. If when Wendy comes out of shape shifting, what is her preferred drink of choice? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Okay. Well, at least you got to come up with them. That means the the diehards are going to be the ones who figure. They'll it out. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Is there anything else you, you'd like to talk about? I'm so glad you were able to come in today. No, I think that's it. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, to those of you at home, please tune in to Witches of East End at 9 p.m. this Sunday, July 6th on Lifetime and yes. to Longmire on July 7th, Monday night. Um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you have a Twitter handle that you can uh, let I am know at, at, at Wendy the Cat. At Wendy the Cat on Twitter. Yes. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us here on this very special edition of Spotlight On. Please check out Witches of East End. Please check out Longmire. Please check out the new dropping of Twin Peaks on July 29th. I can't wait to see that extra it's footage. It's going to be amazing. People are going to be nerding out like crazy. Crazy. Uh, folks, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find all my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. Also, check out my YouTube channel, my personal channel, uh, Matthew D. Lieberman on YouTube. That's going to be launching at the end of this month, July 31st. I want to thank you all for downloading, watching, listening, streaming. You're all the best. I'll see you around. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 